0: But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Hello, welcome to another retro Rahalastapa this week uh, with a man I've collaborated with over many years. Uh, first met in probably 1991. Arguably, he's gone on to have a more successful comedy career than me, but that's just... That will take a long time to debate, and I created his most enduring character. It is, of course, Stephen Coogan, sometimes known as Steve Coogan, and um, yes, this is... um, uh, this is a lot of fun, this one. Uh, my main memory of this is that the other guest that night was Sarah Pascoe, doing w- actually one of my favourite podcasts. So we must have her one put up for the retro realist of us as well. Uh, and maybe we'll do that next week. I can't remember who was first. I probably... Uh, and it might have been Steve first, so we might, that might be quite interesting. Uh, but uh, my main memory was Steve didn't, had no memory of meeting Sarah Pasco, but he had once. Sarah Pascoe later told me he tried to chat chat her up, so in the past and he'd forgotten. So, you know, there's a little bit of backstage gossip to excite your peccadillos while you listen to this. Um, he's an absolute genius, comedy genius, of course. I don't need to tell you that. Uh, wonderful to get some sort of background info on uh, where he gets his crazy ideas. And um, the idea of these podcasts is really to try and highlight some classic episodes for people who are new to the podcast or people who've been here for a long time and, like me, have forgotten everything that's happened in these old ones. Uh, And it's also a great way for you to introduce new people to the podcast. If you would like to, that would be nice. If you have a friend who you think might enjoy this podcast, send them a few of these classic episodes. And hopefully that will whet the appetite for more and they'll listen to all 400, 500 podcasts on this stream. Um, and that is very good news for us as well. So the more people who listen, the more money we'll have to put into making more podcasts. And we do have some plans for some extra stuff coming up either later this year or next year. So let's sit back, relax and enjoy this retro Rahalastapa with saucy little cheeky Steve Coogan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who yesterday ran 13.1 miles and is slightly stiff. Please welcome, nothing to do with the running. Please welcome Richard (laughs) Herring. Still got it, so uh, thank you, hello. Hello, lovely to see you all. Thank you for coming. Welcome to Richard Harris Lester Square Theatre Podcast, as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahelastaper. <laughs> Lots of cool kids in today. I have yes, I've just I did the Royal Parks Half Marathon uh, yesterday, uh, which last year I did in two hours thirty-seven minutes and forty-one seconds. Uh, this year I did it in one hour forty-seven minutes and nine seconds, which was fifty minutes Woo! faster. So that's. Uh... <laughs> Look at me still. I'm really, I don't know why I'm doing that. It's just, uh, once I got off stage, I'm going to be very upset with myself for jumping around so much. That is, uh, to say, it's not really fair to say I did that because me too uh, did run the race. So that is, he did very well. He took, it's, it's eight minutes off. That's eight minutes off my personal best from ten and a half years ago. That is ridiculous. I'm, I'm a young man. I'm never going to die. That is definitely the case. He uh, couldn't, uh, this is our 50th uh, podcast that we've uh, done. So we've got a very special guest to celebrate that. It's not just a coincidence. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and I, won't, I won't mess around too much because I want to talk to him, really. But l- last day, yesterday, after, after I'd run the half marathon, uh, I watched uh, the film, which I haven't seen before, The Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know if anyone's seen the, the Wolf of Wall Street. I it, tell you, it's one of the worst werewolf films I have ever seen. <laughs> You see, it has to in suspense thing, when's the werewolf going to turn up? This is, because I tell you, it's full of absolute cunts. Every single person, it's, they've set up brilliantly. You think, well, who's going to, I mean, I don't know which one I want to die first. I can't wait to see him have his throat ripped out. Maybe that little dwarf's going to turn into a werewolf. That would be up to the woman who has her hair shaved off for $10,000. It's, uh, they're idiots, these stockbrokers. They don't know how to eat sherbet at all. You eat... <laughs> eat sherbet with your mouth through a licorice stick, may suck it up like that you do not eat it with your mouth off of a lady's bottom, that is just weird that is unhygienic way to eat sherbet, so please please be careful with that, good, that's my Wolf of Wall Street material. I feel there was something else, but fuck it Uh, and here's, we're gonna our guest today is a man who makes the Wolf of Wall Street's lifestyle (laughs) (laughs) Look, excessive. But, uh, see, that's not, <laughs> as all of our lives do. He is best known, of course, as Tommy uh, from The Indian in My Cupboard, quite a quite <laughs> controversially racist <laughs> show. Uh, and he was also, of course, you'll remember him from the his funny impressions he did in the W.H. Smith advert in about 1990. That is what I remember him from. Will you please welcome Steve Coogan, ladies and gentlemen? Steve welcome, Coogan! Steve Coogan! Well, Sit down. Hello, <laughs> come on in. Steve, it's Steve Coogan. Well, right, you're all very excited, but started well with Stephen Merchant as well, didn't it? So just let's not get over the top. <laughs> so. Uh... So, uh, what about the Indian in my cupboard? What do you remember about playing Tommy in the Indian in my cupboard? And who was the Indian uh, in the cupboard?
2: It was called the Indian in the cupboard. Okay. And it it was actually a Native American in a cupboard. Oh, okay. That's
0: much better than...
2: It's a better title, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I played a toy soldier called Tommy Atkins. Yeah. You, and, quite, um,
0: you, you quite like that's the role you've uh, specialised like, pl- well room. I played
2: a miniature person yeah. and I decided after that I wanted to do more miniature people yeah. and uh, I, so I, and I, in uh, Nightingale Museum I also play a miniature yes. soldier so I've done the four miniature soldiers in films <laughs> it's,
0: it's good to know that if they have that role you can call on Steve Coogan and he knows
2: well because uh, Alan Partridge is successful but you can't take anything for granted so it's good to have something to fall back on yeah. so small soldiers yeah. are,
0: how did you... It was Octavius you played in Night in the Museum. How did you prepare for a role like that of being a tiny Roman...
2: Um, obviously, logist. I visited Rome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Went to the Colosseum, yeah. bought some ice cream, closed my eyes and really imagined what it would be like to be a, a Roman centurion. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so no, you just... that's, that's really is... Uh, you really don't think when you play those I mean this doesn't make it makes no sense at all I have this English accent I mean really I should be speaking in Latin yeah. is, yeah, right.
0: although he isn't actually a Roman soldier he's a representation of a Roman soldier so you can, can do it however you like that is true actually he's supposed to
2: be a small plastic Roman soldier that comes to, I mean once once you've gone past that point of a toy soldier in a diorama that comes to life I yeah. think you can more or less do what you like <laughs>
0: And do you remember the, the first thing I ever saw you in, and I thought you were amazing in, was the W. H. Smith adverts, where the, your face... You, it was you coming up going, Mmm, Betty! Uh, was, and Well, the thing is...
2: Um, the thing is that... Because of YouTube, these things yeah. are sort of... People put them out there. In fact, I, I, I sometimes go, I wonder if that, that's on you. Oh, my God, someone's actually put that up. <laughs> I, did, I did this W. H. Smith ad, and it was, uh, it was really... And I was very excited at the time, because yeah. it was like... It was television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was me just doing uh, various impersonations. And it had lines like uh, um, things like me doing Tommy Cooper saying, this is about what's for sale at WXM, going, CDs, handos, things like that. Just really shit, really shit jokes like that. And then me as Paul Daniels going, hello, like I'm really small, because he's quite small. It's good. Um, good stuff. Yeah, it was it was pretty <laughs> groundbreaking stuff at the you time. That. that was the turning point for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then I met you in real life shortly after that, and I was, I know. A, oh, we... it was like the actual bloke from the W. H. Smiths. <laughs> yeah, it was very exciting because we worked together on uh, on the hour.
2: We worked together on the hour. Yeah, and uh, we did the dumb show we in did Edinburgh. The dumb show. We did a time. show in Edinburgh in 1992. Yeah, you, me, Patrick Marber, Simon Munnery and uh, Stuart Lee. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I remember uh, Stuart Lee telling us off for messing about on the last night. Right? <clears throat> Being get quite cross, actually. I don't remember. Just that. take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you'd done that on the first night,
0: we'd, it would have been a good shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it a bit late. It was kind of, it wasn't amazing, you know, looking back. It was a, it was a, well, I should, thought it was, what,
2: I thought it, I don't think it, w- it wasn't that the audience didn't find it funny. I just thought we were way ahead of them. <laughs> we
0: <were. laughs> there was some funny stuff in there, but it was a it was a clash of uh, personalities in some ways. Yeah. Let's say. Oh, did I say maybe, Patrick maybe, Marber? Did we yeah, mention Patrick? I had I've, I saw Patrick him, was in it. Yeah, Patrick. Saw, yeah. Yeah, but it was a clash between Patrick Marber and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> sort <laughs> of. So so. Well, well Patrick, you were getting yeah. on with Patrick.
2: I well I, I I knew I knew which side my bread was buttered. I, <laughs> I knew he could write comedy, and I, <laughs> I wanted to write for me so. I had to behave myself.
0: He chose the, the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> but, on the, but also and then on the hour, which sort of came out after that, because you won the Perrier Award that year with a different show, unbelievably. Yeah. Uh, well,
2: look, let's see, one thing is, I have my show I did with my northern friend, John yeah. Thompson, yeah. and then my show I did with my Oxbridge friends who <laughs> let me join their exclusive club um, uh, with you and that, the, that lot. And um, (laughs) uh, and uh, yeah, that's right. And then after that, after we did, but Patrick did direct my uh, Edinburgh show. Yeah. He said, "Give me a thousand pounds, I'll direct it." So a lot of money in those days. It was. Um, And uh, and then we did on the hour with Armando. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which again was another kind of when it when at the time I think we didn't quite realise it it was special at the time, but when you look back with Chris Morris and you. I uh, think, Rebecca yeah. Frank. <laughs> Amanda Giducci. Yeah.
2: I think it. No, I think I remember at the time when they were doing those sketches, and uh, coming, I remember coming in the first day and reading some of those sketches, and they. I. I before that, I'd done sort of very sort of um, uh, uh, sort of comedy characters that were very. Uh, how do I put this? Um, orthodox or sort of very old-fashioned in the comedy style. And when I met Armando, and also you and Stuart, wrote these very surreal kind of sketches. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking they were so funny and, and really different and edgy. And I remember thinking this is like this is this is going to be big.
0: It, and it did. It was quite. It was quite. And of course, at that time, uh, I created uh, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the character of, uh, of Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: Which, uh... So, uh, 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 um, <laughs> shall I clear this up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richard and Stuart wrote a sketch that said sports presen- report, sports <laughs> yeah. presenter. Just said, gen- I don't even said generic. Just said sports presenter. And uh, i said, can you do a voice? And I went. Um, and they all sound the same to me. They all sound a bit like this. And I did this kind of like voice, like this, a bit like John Watson, but it was a bit like that sort of thing. And, and uh, we did this sketch, and then so, so, uh, so in some ways. You could say that the first material I did as Alan was material written by you, but of course... And that, and 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 therefore, uh, we followed us through through to a logical conclusion. um, uh, uh, And it was very, very surreal, but then after that we thought, well, this is a good voice. Forget the material. (laughs) How can we develop it into something three-dimensional and alive? And um, and that's when Alan started to yeah. be born. Yeah.
0: If, if you give me quarter of a million pounds right now, we'll call it even. How about that? That's we won't go through the court. I'm not charging you for tonight, so that's 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 <laughs> what that is. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You are getting paid two hundred and fifty pounds tonight. <laughs>
2: so, it's right. all going to <laughs> a controversial political cause. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I'm going to ask you an emergency question just to get us out of the slight uh, tension that has been created mainly <laughs> by me. I like the tension. It's good. Tension it was, is I good. I like, when
2: it's good. It's, it's interesting. Tension. It's not funny, but it's dramatic. It is.
0: And that's what you're more into
2: now. That's isn't right, you? yeah. You're, I'm you're very, serious serious
0: very serious now. So if you are a very
2: serious man. So if you're not laughing, it's because yeah. I'm choosing to be serious. Okay.
0: <laughs> so let's... You can answer this question seriously. If you had to choose between having sex with a man who was a six-foot-tall penis with a face... Mm. Or having sex with a man who, instead of having a penis, in the place of that he had a very tiny man. <laughs> which of those two? You have to have sex with one of them. Which one would you have sex with? Well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a six-foot-tall penis, but he's—you know—he's wearing a false shoulder suit, so he looks like a man. Yeah, but the thing is, and uh, he's got it, a face here.
2: Yeah, but he, but he's an actual penis. He a, he's a yeah, six-foot-tall well, penis. that means that he's not got any details. He's just a penis. A yeah. Like well, I was thinking has about Has the this. penis got a penis? The, uh, no, uh, no. Uh, well, that, to me, that's just... I mean, you, what, all I could do is just rub him up and down. You it? could... I mean, I, 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 no, I, I...
0: You could um, insert your, your penis into his blowhole, as I believe it's has
2: Yeah, but that, it, it, it's too... No, I, I, I couldn't do that. The The other one um, is more interesting to me. Yeah, OK. Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: what was he that like? He's got a penis... He's a but man, but he's got... Was as a, small small man, man. <coughs> a small man, effectively, can yeah. function as a penis.
0: He can do. I mean, it would be a cruel way to treat him. I mean, in a way, he's like an Indian in the full, cupboard, when, this guy. When, isn't yeah.
2: It. When you say full sex, would I have to penetrate myself with the small man? Or <laughs> could I just rub the man up and down?
0: <laughs> you can do anything. I mean, with consent, you can do anything. You have, But you would have to get the consent of the man and the tiny man as well. They, <laughs> Both in, together? Yeah. So, so if one of them said no one person saying yes and one person saying well, no then, means uh, no. well
2: uh, well uh, obviously a discussion has to ensue about what was what was acceptable to both of them yeah because i wouldn't want to you know force myself on either of them <laughs> i want i want They're both in agree it's got to be consensual
0: yeah okay well that's good <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, and and uh, well talking of uh, dicks uh, the uh, you were quite outspoken about Jeremy Clarkson
2: which was uh, <laughs> Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: which was quite a good thing to say. This was on his previous-to-last Oh, yeah, the, he's had,
2: they all had a go at Mexico's. Well, see, what annoyed me about it was... The, the, what's doubly annoying about it was... You know, I've, done, I've been on the show three times, and even though I've, I, I've done lots and lots of work over the last 25 years, and I'm in America somewhere, or somewhere where I think oh, I might be recognised for something other than Alan Partridge, people come to me and say... Uh, hey, you doing any more Top Gear? <laughs> and, I'm, and that's all they know me from is Top right. Gear. But and I say, I say, well, um, I don't think they're going to invite me back because I, I attack them for being for being racist. And they go, they're funny guys, aren't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they they are sometimes. But I I, I actually said, you know, I, I attacked them because I thought they were being racist about something. Yeah, they're pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but I just think they're a bit racist. that's all. <laughs> yeah, but those guys are pretty funny, right? Um, but. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, I did, I, 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 I well, the thing was, it, it's just, it, I wouldn't mind, but it, it's, it's just rubbish comedy Yeah. that they do, and people, and, and what annoyed me was, it. because sometimes you think, well, there's no point saying anything about all this, and, but then, what annoyed me was, they, they said, well, it's just people who've got no sense of humour that don't, that think it's offensive, I thought, so I said, you know, would they have said the th- same thing if it had been... Uh, Jews or Pakistanis yeah. and because there's no big wave of Mexicans in Britain they thought they could do it with impunity so sort of, it's like sort of cowardly racism Did you
0: choose the word wave there on purpose? <laughs> yeah <that's> very...
2: <laughs> Oh no You've discovered I'm a secret racist <laughs> oh. um, Yeah um, So anyway they uh, they didn't, but that works. It yeah. works. Yeah. The wave thing. Um, it does. What <laughs> you It works. Um, so, so yeah, no. So I, I had to go for, because I said, "Well, it stops." You know, I, I said, "Well," and they all think I'm funny when I'm Alan Partridge. Yeah. And so, I, I, so I thought, well, if I say I don't think you're funny, then they can't turn around and go, well, "You, you don't know anything about comedy," and they went, "This one." Sort of <laughs> so, um, yes, they didn't yeah, so
0: stop them though, didn't they? Because they've carried on with this. I know, thing. I know. <laughs> it's
2: like, well, look, you know, it's uh, billions of people think they're funny, but you know, so I just go one small person going, no, you're not. <laughs> so that's all it is, really, isn't it? But um, but uh, they didn't ask me back, no, the
0: but it's because you like driving cars. Yeah, I uh, do like driving cars, but So I it's the same kind of person as that. Does that worry well, the you? You're is, in the it does worry diagram. me because
2: I'm a, bit, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit torn about it because I, I'm embarrassed about the fact that, that I like cars. It's a bit of an affliction. I sort of, on the one hand, uh, because, and also, I, I, even though I, I like cars, uh, everybody else who likes cars, I think, is a dick because <laughs> <laughs> they mostly are dicks and. and um, and when I buy a car magazine, I sort of like I sort of hide it inside a porn magazine. <laughs> I'm too embarrassed about it, you know. And if I'm on the the, 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 the train, yeah. um, I sort of I, I'll sort of read it on my lap under the table because I feel like I don't because it's because I think it's a bit sad.
0: Yeah, but you do, you do you take the train? You're taking the train home tonight, like a normal person would. Yeah, I do. I
2: I, I said to you earlier I was uh, I get the, and if I go into the office, I do get the tube two stops, but. Um, uh, I was t- I w- I was going home back to Brighton one night on on the tra- uh, getting off the tube and going across Victoria to get on the train and, and this woman came up to me and said I love that you use public transport <laughs> and I said good tell tell people <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> do, do people, people recognise you much in, or do, is it is it in real life are you um sorry you're getting dripped on here as well this happened last week we should have really sorted it out there's a. It's is it actually literally drip. dripping on? Yeah, there's some it. kind of awful uh, no. cholera-ridden Ebola <laughs> virus. <laughs> okay, just adds an um, extra frisson to, the, to the. Um It's only on your side. It that's fine, <laughs> fine. That's fine.
2: So, um, what was the question? Do people recognise you? Because um,
0: obviously, like, you, you don't look. Exa- I mean, you look a bit like. Well,
2: apart, right? I'm just as a teacher tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> for the fun, for fun. Um, uh, uh, I, d- I, d- I do, and ad- I do, and ad- I don't. I mean, you sort of, you know, if you um, thing is, if you um, So what you do is you avoid eye contact and keep moving. Yeah. Um, But, uh, and also, if I can spot my demographic, like sort of men aged between 20 and 35, 20, 40... T- t- you know, uh, or, 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 uh, then I try and look the other way as I walk past them. But Is it it's sort of
0: th- those? It's like those <laughs> yeah, guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, those sorts of people, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I, I look the other way, but I, I do get recognised, and, and uh, I just t- t- don't make a fuss, but people do well, it's sometimes, sometimes I play a game where people, when they want to recognise you, they want to check that it's you. They sort of do a big... They, do, they walk around you in a big loop, and then they, they walk past you and sort of walk, walk, walk past you, and they sort of look up and go... <laughs> uh, and what I what I do is if I've got a newspaper or something, as they try to walk around I just casually turn the other way. <laughs> so they go, Oh he's looking the other way now. I can't quite cheese. And then they go around again. As they go around big circle and I casually turn my back on the door. Just for my own amusement. So yeah. That's, good. That's what I do.
0: Good. Uh, there's a bit we do uh, quite regularly which is I look at this have you heard of the um the <laughs> The website, uh, Britcom Confession, Dirty Britcom Confessions, oh, no. in which uh, comedy fans can go online uh, and I think you'll like it, Steve. I think you'll, be, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and uh, post their fancies about British comedians.
2: Oh, I think... Uh, go on, yeah. Uh, and so,
0: but they're, quite, they're generally quite uh, weird and sort of witty. They're not generally yeah. filthy. And yours, you. are, yours are... I thought they'd be filthier than they are. Mm. Uh, but here's uh, some of the things people said about your on BritCon Confessions. Alan Partridge's voice is the key to orgasm. <laughs> Which, if that's true, that's...
2: Uh, that's to well, all yeah. orgasms. <laughs> well, look, it's not that. Some people like people to shit on them. So that's quite, <laughs> that's quite, quite mild. But that
0: makes it sound like nobody can have an orgasm without you coming in and going, aha. at the end.
2: Yeah, it is strange. It's a strange
0: yeah. thing to say. Um, this is someone... I think there's someone else that did a Santa-based one. I think it's the same... From the font, I think it's the same person Whoever the other week was. Dear Santa, I just want Steve Coogan with a ribbon around his penis. Would you be prepared to do that?
2: Um... If it if it if it aided direction, yeah, well it would hold like a sort of a like a festive cock ring.
0: Yeah, it could hold it. If you get erect and then round and the or base, then, Or then sort of
2: haul it like a sort of pulley system. <laughs> yeah, That'll work. Good,
0: to do. okay. Um, this one's quite rude. Uh, I admire Rowan Atkinson too much to have any d- dirty thoughts about him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just settle for him just to watch Steve Coogan banging me. <laughs> Would
2: you be... I call, Well, that's quite nice. Would it's be nice. OK it's with that? But that also... I, I, I,
0: wouldn't you be I, thinking, well, she doesn't respect... more. Well, she or he does not respect me enough to not want me to bang them? Well, I'd
2: rather be banging her with Rowan Atkinson watching us than, than uh, Rowan Atkinson fucking her, me watching them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Rowan
0: Atkinson has the comedic respect in that. As long uh, as he was minor, watching
2: uh, it, he wasn't in my eye line. <laughs> if he was behind my shoulder. But I don't want to be making eye contact yeah. with him, like...
0: He's got quite a naturally funny face. I think it might put you off. Yeah, exactly. It be it it's laughing. not erotic, is it?
2: You know. Oh, hello. <laughs> Have you caveat?
0: <come> <laughs> uh, I thought this one was a non sequitur. but I think it makes uh, sense. I want to go to Bolton Abbey with Steve Coogan. Which uh, I think that is sounds a rest- like a metaphor, it doesn't it? does it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not, she literally means Bolton Abbey, which isn't in Bolton. Oh,
0: no, is it not? No,
2: it's, like, it's in the north. But it's, uh, it's a is lovely. It's like Abbey. there's a
0: Leeds Castle in the
2: south southeast. And it's like that. Uh, um, there's, well, there's a Leeds Castle. It's not in Leeds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a long tradition of place of, of <laughs> old buildings with place names that's not where they are. <laughs> and so, is this somewhere you went on the trip? It is somewhere we went yeah. on the trip in the, in the first. Did you uh, do
0: anything any very sexy there with Rob Brydon? Not really. No. no. Come
2: on. No. <laughs> that's below the belt. That's sick. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was um, no, it was very nice, very nice. Uh, yeah. Lots of uh, it's funny, isn't it? There's not because of course Henry VIII sort of destroyed all the abbeys, yeah. didn't he, with the yeah. uh, huge acts of vandalism by uh, Henry VIII. But, but they, but, you know, um,
0: they look nice now.
2: But they do. That's the, the strange thing is actually they're, they're rather romantic as sort of those ruins. Yeah. Yeah. I think lots of buildings should be slightly half demolished <laughs> yeah. so sort of that moss grows on them and stuff.
0: Um. And basically with Rob riding the trip from... I haven't seen all of it, but what I can understand... It's sort of like this podcast, but you do it on the Amalfi Coast and stuff. That is sort of like two blokes dicking around. Yeah. We, could do, we can do an impression off. I've got, I've got some impressions. Go on. So, uh, <laughs> I uh, don't know what your Tam Dials like. Can you, any, can you do Tam DL? the uh, Um...
2: Oh boy! Oh, I'm angry about something. He's, yeah.
0: he's only, oh, he might be Welsh. I no, it's this bit. No, he's not. Oh, he's I me, at That's what it is. very good. That, is, that is <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> um, that's actually all, that's the only one I can do. It's
2: very good. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. He's. Uh, go on. Um, I don't know what to say about
0: no. that. No. Really. <laughs> Uh, but, but I could be on instead of Rob Bride. It could be you and me going eating. Sp- it's not very meals. complicated, yeah. to be honest with
2: you. No, um, it's just it's just uh, we did one up north, uh, driving around eating restaurants, talking, and then we thought um, let's do one in Italy. <laughs> yeah, uh, driving around eating restaurants and talking. So
0: do you have to eat the same meal like eight times? For yeah, TV? you do. The
2: hardest thing is when you sort of serve up the same meal, and you have to. The hardest bit of acting actually is when they want to do one more shot of them putting the full meal down in front of you. and you, 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 you to people, There's two kinds of eating. If you're acting, because we're sort yeah. of supposed to be acting, and the, the, we, we, don't just, we, we try and act within a sort of framework of like, I'll say this, you say that, then I'll say this, and then we'll see what happens. But um, when, when, you, um, when you eat with food, I think actors in films do two things. They either push the food around the plate yeah. so they don't have to eat it, or they really eat it aggressively, as if to say look at me, I'm really eating this food. <laughs> like, like gangsters and stuff do that, don't they? Like yeah. sopranos, they sort of eat the food, don't they? Like, <laughs> As they're they talking? But <clears throat> we, we would eat it because it was just so tasty. And then, and then uh, of course, they keep serving it, and eventually, even though, however tasty it is, you get full, and the hardest acting is when they put the meal down in front of you, and it's a full meal, and you're stuffed, and you have to go, mmm, that looks <laughs> lovely. Because <laughs> you know, when you, they say you shouldn't go to the supermarket on an empty stomach, because yeah. you, you buy loads of shit. Uh, well, the reverse is true because I actually went shopping in uh, this bo- Booths, which is a lovely supermarket up north in Cumbria. I know it, yeah. And, um, and uh, I had sausage and mash before I went shopping. Yes. And, and the opposite is true. I didn't want to put anything in the basket. <laughs> That's true. So, oh, God, no. So, um, just an interesting observation. I thought you could work that into one of oh, your God, routines.
0: It. <laughs> well,. Funnily enough, I gave uh, Steve an idea for... I mean, there are <laughs> actually some ideas that might in Alan Park. <laughs> there uh, genuinely are. I think i have done this before. But before the uh, podcast, it was raining, and I walked in my shoes. Uh, Steve gave me some advice. You have to uh, be a monthly subscriber to find out what his advice was, though. Uh, but uh, my socks got really wet, so I put... As I was putting them in the... I realised there's a dryer backstage, so I was, as I was putting my socks in the dryer, Steve arrived from the backstage entrance, saw me putting socks in the dryer, which was quite embarrassing. And I said, you know, you could... Put this in one of your Alan Partridge scripts, couldn't you? A man put, and then you, go, mm. then you go, yeah, you go, sorry, I'm putting my socks in the dryer. You go, yeah, it's all right.
2: And then it went, <laughs> and then it went very quiet, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, hush <laughs> descend, a hush descended. He did go, <laughs> so,
0: because then he's, it's embarrassing being caught putting socks in the dryer. Yeah. Just, you know, knocking I thought it you would
2: say some new thing, like the, you know, the comic with bare feet. Yeah,
0: because yeah. I hadn't had bare feet, but actually, I thought this is terrible, I've got really, this is just for you, the people here. I had really wet socks, so this is going to be me I have to do the show in wet socks. But now I've got really warm socks. It was the best thing that ever happened to me in my well, life. I, <laughs> uh, I thought it was
2: like, like I've got a suit, so I'm a bit corporate. But yeah. I'm fucking it all up and being anarchic because I'm it not wearing this, shoes. So that's the that's the anarchic bit. It's it. Like, like, and
0: it's another reference to an earlier podcasts in the series. It's like Paul McCartney on the Abbey Road. Uh, he wears a suit and bare feet, and because he is dead, apparently. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, 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 this two bits in Alan Partridge that are based on me and Stu that Peter Bainham who we may should talk about oh, stole yeah, yeah, yeah. which is the one the bit where <laughs> someone comes up to you and says are you Alan Partridge you've dropped your card you've dropped your credit card or whatever it is that actually happened to me it wasn't Alan, uh, are you Alan Partridge it was a <laughs> you Rich Terry?" and I went yeah. yeah and I went yeah I am he went, there's, you've dropped your credit card. And Peter Paynham stole that from my life. Oh, right. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, he, he, might, he, might, he might have done that. He, yeah. he is a thief.
0: He is a thief. And the other one is when Alan Partridge goes to the fan's house and it's full of effigies of him and boasts on the wall, that essentially happened to Stuart Lee.
2: Really? Yeah, he went, he
0: went. Stuart Lee went to a gig. He got locked out of his bread and breakfast... There's a brilliant punchline to this as well. This uh, beyond the joke, is a, I've just remembered. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> when I say punchline, I mean extra, uh, <laughs> an extra, extra bit. Uh, <laughs> he, and this uh, guy who'd been at the gig drove him and said, "Oh, we come and we've got a spare bed in our house. Come and uh, come and uh, sleep there." So she said, "Fine." And then he got to the house and they didn't have a spare bedroom. What they had was a mattress on the floor of the living room. Uh, the living room had p- posters of Stuart Lee's, all of his really? shows up, yeah? And the, and the guy's <laughs> flatmates were watching the porn version of Animal Farm <laughs> in the lounge. Stu <laughs> uh, so had to lie on this thing with posters oh, of himself up on the wall. <laughs> uh, and years uh, later, <clears throat> it turned out the guy who'd invited Stu back to his flat was the DJ Christian O'Connell. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I told you it was a great punchline
2: wow. to the. Wow
0: who had posters, and then he, Christian O'Connell, who I've asked about this, says, we had posters of loads of comedians up. It yeah. wasn't just Stu. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite scary. So that's, you owe, it that's more royalties. As as, it wouldn't
2: have sounded as good if Stuart had said, I stayed in this flat and they had posters of many, many people, <laughs> some of which were me. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was no energy, but there we go.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
0: So uh, let's talk about uh, the uh, Leveson inquiry because that was like all serious as well.
2: That was very serious. Yeah.
0: But that's so you had your phone hacked. Well, uh, do you know? Do you know for sure you did, or do you? Just... Well, no, I, I guessed,
2: yeah. I guessed that I did because I had uh, I looked at Glenn Mulcair's notebook because the police sent, uh, sent it to me because right. I I asked them to, and uh, it had lots of phone numbers in it and uh, had the password to my phone account, right. which is Ferrari, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I changed because uh, yeah. I didn't want that getting out. <laughs> Please don't tell anyone. Um, yeah, so, so and, uh, and, and I, I, uh, yeah, I went along to Leveson to... to Have you changed
0: uh, it to boobs, Steve? Is that what it's... Yeah, what to, it yeah
2: <laughs> to boobs. <laughs> it's <such> an old-fashioned <laughs> word. Not tits, that would be too rude. <laughs> boobs. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I did the Leveson thing. It was very funny, because what they do is, when they ask you questions at Leveson, they try to um, sort of ca- catch you out a bit. Yeah. And uh, the, what they do is, when a lawyer asks you a question they use the silence and hope that you will fill the silence and then sort of say something slightly incriminating. So they'll say, I remember this uh, the guy who was doing sort of the cross-examination said, now you say that you saw a, you say that, um, uh, um, not Glenmore Care, this is a, Paul McMullen, who was one of these sort of rather feral-like uh, um, <laughs> journalists, and he said, uh, you say uh, that he was photographing it outside your house. Uh, yes, that's right. How do you know this? Uh, he told me.
3: <laughs>
2: he told you. Yes. I see. <laughs> and just turned the pages. You've got a way to them. And he said, And uh, you say you saw someone rifling through your rubbish bins? Yes. How do you know this? I saw them. <laughs> you saw them. Yes. What? You just saw them one evening? <laughs> It was the morning. (laughs) And then the other thing they did was he asked me about Piers he said you were interviewed by Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan says, I met Steve Coogan at one of these excruciatingly trendy London clubs. And I said, he chose the venue. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and and he got a big laugh like that. And he sort of went. And I was like, Yes. (laughs) Give me another. (laughs)
0: so uh, you've been through all of this and hacked off which you're involved with Uh, their new rules have come in yeah yeah, yeah. which is interesting because I write a a weekly column a humorous weekly column for the Metro newspaper which is owned by the Daily Mail group which I didn't realise that before I started writing for it (laughs) 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 now I know but because I wrote for them even though I don't write I just write stupid shit things that happened to me in my life yeah um, that I had to go in for a special uh, seminar about, <clears throat> about it all, about the changes, and there were really... The man from the Daily Mail who uh, took the seminar was really pissed off, uh, yeah. with Hacked Off, and he's going, he's talking about you're all hacked off. And yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I was the probably the only person in the room siding with you yeah. amongst all the Daily Mail. Was, oh, they've, ch- they've changed everything. You've got to be careful, and you mustn't do this. So we now have to be double careful. We have to check everything that is... True and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, uh, they did. They did. Well, the thing is, they don't want
2: things like uh, they, they 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 sort of claim. What they do is they, they try and say it was that we're anti freedom of speech and all that. course. Um, uh, no, we're not. Um, but so uh, they say th- 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 the the one thing they accuse us. The, the, we want sort of you know. Uh, we are, and also, the reason I got involved really was it, it's slightly problematic because. Obviously, if someone like me gets involved, you go, oh, well, you've got an axe to grind because they said nasty things about you. And you go, well, no, it's not that. It's because actually, you know, I don't like sometimes the way these people behave. And I think that people who get fucked over by them should have a proper system of redress, right? That's all just an effective system of, of redress. Um, and so they ask... Uh, and, and that means the Dowlers, the McCanns and all those other people, Christopher Jefferies, people that have all been abused. And it, you just want a system, of a fair system of redress. But... You know, we we also want to protect public interest journalism. We want to enable it. You know, to make, to help public interest journalists. Yes. And you know, it, it, it's just, sometimes it's like David and Goliath. Sometimes the David is uh, the journalist. Sometimes the David is someone who's being screwed over by the by the uh, you know, by the by the press. And one thing I've I've noticed is that all the people who scream about freedom of the press, uh, it the journalists who scream about freedom of the press. Uh, don't really say much about plurality. It doesn't bother them that their wages are being paid by Lord Rothermere or the Barclay Brothers, (laughs) if you write for the Telegraph, or all these people who who own the newspapers. That threat to freedom of the press doesn't bother them because those threats to freedom of the press pay their wages. So they only get upset about people who basically want to, you know, want to complain about things that are said about them that aren't true. Yeah. It
0: is annoying. I I wanted to put my hand up. Well, it's annoying for me because I had to go to quite a boring 40-minute... (laughs) <laughs> Seminar, which you know. At the end, I just wanted to say. So, what you're saying is, as long as I just don't, should we just tell the truth from now? If we just, as long as we tell the truth, it will be okay. Yeah,
2: it's well, it's it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because there's um, and also, but well, funnily enough, when I, when I appeared for Levison I got sort of well, Hugh Grant got got attacked by, by the Daily Mail the next day, and then I got attacked with it. And it's like we're constantly being attacked. But now it's sort of the kind. Of, once you, Paul Dacre, who, who edits the Daily Mail. Um, is whenever I've appeared on TV, we've invited him to come along. In fact, I think we invited him to come along tonight, didn't we, Richard? <laughs> but, uh, he always says no, because I always think of him as like the man in The Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain. You know, that's got a big booming voice that's the Daily Mail, yeah. going, boom, I am the Daily Mail. But really, it's just this little man behind the curtain pulling levers, <laughs> saying, pay no attention to the man <laughs> behind the curtain. So when you think of him like that, he stops being scary. But, um, but I mean, th- there's lots of different... The thing, is, the thing about Rupert Murdoch is... He just wants to make money, and and, and, his, and and wants his company to be able to make money unimpeded, and write. And if that means writing nasty things, that's fine. If, even if it means writing nice things, that's fine. As long as people buy newspapers, he's happy. Doesn't yeah. care about bad. Paul Dacre uh, is different because he he he's not just about money. He definitely believes all the horrible, shitty crap that he writes in his newspaper. He, he really does believe it. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, I I I don't like bad language. I don't like talking about people in a disparaging way but Paul Dacre is a cunt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um... <laughs> i wanna, I'll try and intrude a bit on your uh, personal life now. You um, Often when actors uh, work together in uh, films, as like, romance and, you know, stuff goes on. So I wondered, in Philomena... Philomena? <laughs> Philomena. <did> you, <laughs> Philomena. as I call it. Yeah. Did you... Um, did you and Judy Dench get off with each other during the filming of that? Was there anything? Was there anything going on? I think I might have... again. Yeah. I
2: don't like to talk. Um, <laughs> I, look, no, nothing, nothing like that happened. I mean, she gave me one hand job <laughs> and, um, in the, uh, yeah, in, in, in the car. It's
0: boring though, isn't it? It's quite, it, feel, it people think acting's an interesting job. There's a lot of sitting around doing nothing, and you, So yeah,
2: there was actually. It I, I actually, it actually was. Um, all I did in between all the takes, all she wanted me to do was do impersonations of Jimmy Savile. <laughs> and she said, don't tell anyone I like you to She said don't tell anyone I like to do impersonations of Jimmy Savile, please. And I go, And I go I've got a skeleton key <laughs> to stone <laughs> mandible <laughs> hospital.
0: A good job you move you know you, you have more arrows to your bow, strings to your bow isn't it? because like most of the i mean Frank Spencer's the only one we can you can still do that isn't <laughs> in that so but, far. Oh, no, it's, no, it's funny
2: all the people I used to impersonate have yeah. all been arrested yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really like uh, yeah I mean well, I used to be wondering a... if you were doing it <laughs> and
0: then'
2: <laughs> the filming that you <laughs> mean when I bring up girls and do deep breathing when I go. <laughs> You tell what it is? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's my penis. <laughs> That's in case you didn't get that joke. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. There's a lot of uh, uh, who else is? There? Yeah, I mean, there's the minister. Yeah, there's lot, lots of. Um, but I mean, remember the uh, when um, uh, Bill Roach yeah. was a, but the, the defendants and that guys kept calling him Ken Barlow in court. <laughs> 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 yeah, Ken Barlow came up to me. <laughs> Touch me bum in the left. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> time for another emergency question. I might go old school. Uh, have you ever tried to suck your own cock? Um, uh, uh,
2: um, and did people cheer as you did? It's funny. I've got two dogs, and they clearly can. Yeah. So there, or not mine? <laughs> um, uh, you were going to jump on that, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you were like... <laughs> Yo, you mean yo, come on. That's, the he- that's the headline that's, in the Daily yeah, Mail uh, tomorrow. <laughs> this is <cuckoo>. That's sorted. <laughs> yeah. As no, I say, Coogan Coug- 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 has dogs suck his cock. In inverted commas. <laughs> like, just a quote. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I don't, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> um, hardly ever. Uh, but... Um, there's the but
0: danger of biting with the dog. Exactly. As well. it's yeah. To, exactly. It's not. Worth, I imagine.
2: It's not worth the. It. It's not worth having to make something up at A and E. You know. Um, I fell on my dog's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Uh, there's. Um, uh, but uh, no. I think. No. I think the the idea occurs to you when you're younger. Yeah. that That might be you know worthwhile. But it's just not possible. It's. Uh, I mean. I, I don't have time. I mean. I, 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 have I, tried? I probably did bend over once when I was yeah. about 14. and thought, this is, this is not going to happen. But, um, it is but dogs, but some people dogs, can dogs, do it. it is
0: possible. D- uh, dogs
2: do, I mean, there's that old uh, Mike Harding <laughs> joke, isn't yeah. there, about... Uh, um, I'm, just, I'm deliberately stealing his material here. <laughs> Where he said uh, he was at his girlfriend's house and the dog was licking its own balls. And um, he said um, it was a bit embarrassing because he was with his girlfriend and they were all staring at the dog licking its own balls. And he tried to break the ice by saying, well, I wish I could do that. <laughs> and uh, his girlfriend's mother said, give him a chalky bicky he might let you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are quoted as saying, I'm not Mother Teresa, but I'm not Frank Both either. <laughs> what other people aren't you? <laughs>
2: And there's a, there's, a, there's a series of slightly faded 1970s sports presenters that I'm also not.
0: Yeah. You're not loads of people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just
2: chose to, randomly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street, the film, the movie? The movie yeah, Wall Street? I have, yeah. Because I imagine... you. Have you uh... <sighs> what, have I, have, I, have I done bad things? Have you, I imagine, you know, did
2: you look at that and go, yeah... I actually I've actually—I
0: like, thrown a dwarf at a dartboard. I've made yeah. a woman shave I her don't head for $10,000. Like
2: I've, no, I've never made a woman shave her head. You know, I have done cocaine, and I'm not very proud of that. <laughs> Feel the silence. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 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 you know, and, and I don't anymore, and, I'm, and I don't drink or anything now. But, um, yes, I had an excessive time. But I actually... Two things. One, I think the Wolf of Wall Street is fucking rubbish. Yeah, that's the main problem. That's the main problem. It's overlong. It's overlong. So it's like... It says at the end... He, you know, um, he got out of prison, and he's still doing. He's still being a bastard. Yeah, and yeah.
0: Like, I don't want him to get out, of prison. I want
2: him to stay there forever.
0: Well, nobody really gets any. A couple of them die, but are not off the just, screen. But none just, of them get any repercussions.
2: He goes just, to a cushy prison. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about anyone. Else. This film's too long. It's just a load of rubbish.
0: And there's a bit where the policeman who caught him is sitting on the tube. And and still, you're, supposed to think
2: that, you're supposed to think that, look at him, that policeman is really moral. He gets the tube every day. Ha 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 what a loser. I just hated it. Hated it. Um, but as regards some of the things that occurred in it, um, you know, I'm not Mother Teresa. <laughs> but then again, I'm not Frank LAUGHTER
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Poor old Frank Boff. <laughs> I could, at the time I came up with the joke. For, most people don't know who he is, mm. uh, but I, no one ever liked, laughed at this joke. But I'll do it now and hope it we'll gets a laugh. <laughs> Twenty-five years later, too many cokes spoil the Boff. Come on! <laughs>
2: That's good, though. It's that a
0: fucking good job. Thank you.
2: And tell why you went to that posh university. <laughs> <laughs> no one liked it at the time. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, so, um, I'll, let's do, I'll do another emergency question. I want to know about... Um, let's know. So, this, this is a good one. Where do you get your crazy ideas from? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, from inside my head. Oh, OK. No, um... From uh, it, it was someone said you just say yeah, from some woman who lives in Southport. You <laughs> yeah. um, is, do you really want to know the answer to that no. question? No. Good. <laughs> Fuck <for> that.
0: <laughs> were you? Ever, I was very rude uh, to both Ted Rogers and Don Estelle when I was a teenager when hmm. I saw them in real life. Would you? Were you ever rude to a celebrity when you were? When you no, were 12, no, oh, no. See, when I, I ever, don't. See,
2: I don't like being. I don't think you should bully people who are defenceless and, and I would put Ted Rogers and Donna Star <laughs> in that camp, especially as they're dead um, but um, I would um, uh, no, I think you should uh, take the piss out of people who are empowered and think they're it uh, like the top gate presenters yes. for example, so people who just people who've got a bit too cocky and confident, they're the people you should and people who've got money and power, you should take the piss out of them you shouldn't take the piss out of um, blind beggars <laughs> That's a very rude way to talk about Don Estelle. He was, short,
0: he was short-sighted for sure. But he sold his tapes in Woolworths, a good and honest man. So, well, let's talk a little bit about Alan Partridge, the hmm. migration. And um, there I made up. You seem to have uh, had a... Because the difficult thing about creating such a massive hit uh, is that you know you feel like you want to escape it and do other things, mm. and you f- it felt like you wanted to do that for a while. But you seem there's a renaissance on something you don't seem to be uh, have that worry about it anymore. Anyway.
2: Well, I mean, the the more uh, the, the more uh, the, yes, the answer to your question is, is it is a bit of an albatross, but it's like it's a it's a what they call a high class problem. You know, when I was at school, I wanted to do a character like John Cleese and be like the, do something like Forty Tales. That wouldn't be great to do a really funny character that everyone thinks is really funny, and I did that, yeah. With yeah. Alan Partridge, with your help, thanks. And, um, but, 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 uh, then you sort of think, well, then when you've done it, you think, well, what do I do now? And uh, the thing is, even though it was successful, I didn't, it still feels like, um, I still like it. I still yeah. like, even though it stops people considering me for other things sometimes, or it did, uh, it was, it was, uh, I still like it. So when I wasn't doing it, I would still be walking around, you know, slightly, in a slightly mad way, looking at shop windows thinking, oh. Wonder oh, what Alan would think of that. <laughs> so, uh, so, and, and, and I thought, oh, 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 I want to, I want to do some more, you know? yes. And also, when you write him, you get sick of him. When I wrote with Amanda, you get, you get. It's like literally being in a room with Alan Partridge for months. And it's not, not, not. In the end, it stops being nice. It's not funny anymore. It's just like in the room with a dick. And then eventually, you think, oh, I don't want to do it. And then, when of course you. You go away, you think, oh, I quite miss him. He, he was a bit of a dick, but he was quite funny. And so you, then you come back to him. But what was, I got l- lumbered with him. So I wanted to do. Uh, so it was, tr- I wanted to do something different, but not, but not get rid of him. And the more, I did a few different things over the years with varying degrees of success. Um, probably the most satisfying thing I do was work with Michael Winterbottom and I did a few films with him yeah. and that sort of kept me stopped me going a bit mad and turned, <laughs> literally turning into Alan <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but then and, so, and, and now since I did uh, Philomena uh, which I did before um, Alan Partridge when, when I did that, before the film before the Alan Partridge film I did yeah. Philomena and, and since that's been successful it's opened other doors for me to do dramas now, dramas that have got a bit of comedy in them and, uh, and and things that uh, things that move people and touch people, not like Rolf Harris touch people, um, um, but touch people on an emotional level. Um, it's, he sometimes uh, did that as well. What? He sometimes <laughs> he sometimes, did, did, that sometimes that did that as, as well. well. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you touch them on an emotional level. You get to touch them physically. Yeah. Um, but um, I find. Um, but, uh, just check their birth certificate. Yeah, just check the birth certificate. Um,
3: I do, I do.
2: <laughs> I won't take a photocopy. Um, um, but, um, yeah, so, so um, anyway, I think now, but when you do, it's more, I'm more likely to go back to Alan. When I'm successful at other things, I'm more likely to actually do more yeah. Alan, if you like, you know what I mean?
0: But the recent stuff as well, even though the early stuff was obviously fantastic, the bits I wrote specially, the recent bits, <laughs> re- I mean, I think the autobiography, which I read and listened to on the audio and the audio version of it, yeah. I don't think I, that's made me laugh more than anything else I think that
2: you've done with Alan Partridge it's just it's, it's very so very dense with laughs it is yeah. it was, I'm really pleased with that because when you get offered to a book you know what happens is one thing that motivates you to make sure it's funny well first of all Rob and Neil Gibbons I always say the Gibbons write the material people think they're talking about monkeys I <laughs> call Rob and Neil Gibbons their brothers and they write they're the sort of chief writers now on Partridge and they're really yeah. great and when we got the book, I didn't want to do that thing. You know, you get, sometimes you think they get, get a book deal, and it's a way of making quick money, and yeah. it can be cynical. And also, I always imagine sometimes that there's loads of people, well, um, sort of rubbing their hands together in this country especially there's lots of people who love what you do there's also a few people around together going oh I hope it's shit <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's always nice to disappoint those people yes. um, so, um, so, so we, uh, we just made sure it was really really uh, funny and also made, made, the, made it seem really real the problem is when you write comedy about characters that's been around for a long time a lot of internet nerds will say, oh, you got that wrong. You said in 1992 that he shopped at Woolworths and he's saying he to jump an Asda. <laughs> and so what you have to do is, you have to, we had a researcher who made sure, go back through all the, yeah. the, the things to make sure it was all you know, all stacked up. But, yeah. it was, um,
0: but it, I suppose it's kind of, as well, when, when you were first doing it, you were like in your mid-20s, and so, yeah. it was, and now we're, uh, you're an older man and a what? middle-aged man, and
2: yeah. that's more. It's more. Do you know when I was younger? Like when when I used to do gigs with you in at universities and stay in halls of accommodation, I seem to remember. Um, we, we uh, I, I, I started doing characters. Um, not I was doing impersonations then, and, and uh, a bit after that, I started doing characters. All the characters I did, um, I, you know, I did like Paul and Pauline Carf and some this safety officer guy, and. and uh, they were all really middle aged people. And I remember thinking when I was younger, thinking, well, oh, I can't wait to be middle aged <laughs> because then I'll be able to do, they'll look realistic. And rather, rather than, you know, you see, rather than, it's sort of, I look at my body now when I was 26 with my hair combed over and a moustache, I'm going, oh, no, I'm middle aged. It's a bit, it's a bit <laughs> rubbish. Sort of.
0: Well, and also, I think there's a, there's more tragedy to it when you re- when you're 25. You don't re- you know you can look at older people and go ah idiots. Yeah, yeah. But when you are sort of in your late 40s or whatever, you 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 understand your own tragedy. Well, what is it's
2: what it sort of happened in, in a way that you're right there. But what what's happened with Alan is Alan was somebody we used to laugh at. Go ha, ha 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 ha. He's really funny. Let's all take the piss out of him. And then as the years have gone on, I've become closer to him. <laughs> yeah. And sort of merged a, a bit in, half into him, like I'm a sort of. Like the fly in you know, the yeah. pod, sort of half of me is Alan Partridge, and so and you start to become defensive and sort of think, well, actually, I, I, I don't want to laugh at him. Or, 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 and so a lot of the, the humour is sort of um, we make we're a bit more compassionate about Alan uh, yeah. now than we were twenty years ago. So we try to sort of um, feel sorry. people feel a bit of sympathy for him now, whereas years ago they just laugh at him. Now they, now they go, oh dear, oh Alan. <laughs> you know. So and that's kind of because. I, it's sort of a bit more. It's probably become a bit more like me, and, and also when you're middle aged, it become, You're sort of. It's part of the catharsis. You sort of laugh at yourself and things. I Alan says are sometimes things I think secretly, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but don't. Oh, oh, you can't say that. <laughs> so I'll say it as Alan, <laughs> and it's quite. Enjoyable. Like what,
0: Steve? What are the things that you? <laughs> um, I, I, I'll leave that for people to. <laughs> Because he says some awful things so i 'll just assume it 's the most yeah. awful ones yeah. is what you edits unless you point them out because uh, well, we 're doing these characters it 's very I, I when I knew you when you were younger, I thought it was it was very difficult to get to the heart of you as a person and I, a lot of character actors I think you are very much you, you know you 're sort of the peter sellers of our. Generation, which is like a massive compliment in lots of ways, but yeah, also yeah. there was. I'm, a
2: also, I'm not. I don't. I'm not nasty to my kids. No, or, that's good. Or, or indeed a cunt. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he was also. He was, he, was a, he was a bit of an enigma as a, a person, as a human being. You know yeah, I mean, because of well, all the characters. Ca- yeah. of the character. Well, I didn't.
2: I didn't know quite who I, I, early on. I didn't really. Um, I suppose I didn't really have much of a personality. I just liked to do funny voices. Yeah. I mean, didn't really have any opinions or anything. I just uh, <laughs> like doing funny voices. I'd never had a proper job, and uh, and I like to do. Uh, you know high bang characters and uh, uh, but you know as as the years have gone on, 've developed a personality <laughs> 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 but it's,
0: well, it's, I find it sort of fascinating with the with you know, the different levels of success that people have in their careers, and some deservedly so and some undeservedly so and also a lot of people in this business can become very uh, focused on on the job and not on their Home life, and whatever. so yeah. do you, have you, it, You've obviously got a, you've got a daughter and yeah, I've got a daughter so and a girlfriend,
2: two dogs, and, two dogs uh, who lick their own cocks. Yeah, yeah. Cocks. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, it, the thing is, it, it's yeah. It, I do have a kind of a. I don't. I don't. What I don't do um, is I don't hang around with celebrities. Yeah. I really don't do that, and I sort of a lot of people do, and I understand why some people do because they think well. They, you know, they, 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 they understand what it's like to be famous. I, I, I don't do that because I, don't, I just don't feel comfortable doing. I that.
0: don't think it is that though either. I don't think that's why they do it.
2: Why do you think? I they think do they, do, they it? do
0: it because it's like it, it's an affirmation thing. It's like, yeah, yeah look, well, I see, know people say, I, "No one liked me a school, but Look at me now with Robbie Williams. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah." I, don't, I, don't,
2: I, don't, I, I, uh, I feel slightly, uh, slightly uncomfortable about it. I, get yeah. invita- I mean, it's not like invitation. I an invitation to Elton John's birthday party once. I thought. Why is he inviting me to his birthday party? <laughs> yeah, right?
0: well it is, but that is really that is hard. <laughs> it's odd to invite. You know, you wouldn't do it as a, you wouldn't do it as a, a regular person. You wouldn't invite just a reg. An, an, you know, there's yeah. another builder in another town. Yeah. Better, better invite to my birthday.
2: I know it's it's uh, it's very odd. So I don't. So I do. I do try and do. You know, um, I try, try and just do my own. Th- I mean, you know, yeah. I do get. I do get the train to London go to the office every day when I'm writing mm-hmm. and then. And you know, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm a you know, horny-handed son of toil, but i uh, just trying. I think it's. it's uh, you know, are you impor- a, would
0: you say you are a ham-handed, uh, son- <laughs> a, 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 a ham-fisted <laughs> daughter of
2: uh, something? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So it's important to have a life and yeah. not be not be. Uh, you and
0: know. are you are you happy in yourself, Steve?
2: I'm a lot happier than I was uh, because I'm doing really well. (laughs) You (laughs) are doing very well. And that helps. It is. Um, I um, I imagine it does. uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Oh, come on. No. (laughs) Don't say that.
0: Um, Have you got your own podcast in a (laughs) 400-seater theatre that fills up some weeks, not other weeks? (laughs) Kind of inexplicably... (laughs)
2: Um. Um. No. <laughs> but, uh, but but uh, yeah. It's um. Well, I forgot the question now. No, uh,
0: that wasn't. What that <laughs> We can rewind and listen to it later and go. Okay. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, so, and what are you? So you're doing quite. You're doing a lot more writing at the just at the moment. You're doing some writing and a. I'm. I'm
2: writing. I'm trying to write uh, films. Some more films. Yeah. And produce films. Get some other people to write them. Yeah. So I don't have to. And uh, and bit of acting um, in some things that I haven't written, just try to mix it up a bit try and do it different. but it's, I'm very happy because I'm doing what I wanted to do, which is is I love comedy, but I'm more interested in using comedy to make people think, think about things yeah. uh, rather than just laugh. Um, uh, Laughing is good, but if you laugh and think at the same time, yeah it's better. I, I, I agree
0: with that, <laughs> but you and I think you're sort of moving because this seems to ha- seem to happen a, a decade ago to a lot of and someone would be successful in the UK and then they go to America and they do kind of much broader comedy. Well, I saw them. that for a do. bit, and it was yeah. a mistake.
2: It was a ter- I did. I did. The, you know, I, I was in. I think all the other guys and I, I, and and I played you know, wheel number five. And you sort of, and, you know, all the, it, it's. And I had an agent who said, you need to be in a comedy with Vince Vaughn. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I just I, I fired him because it's, it's, I just realised I was sort of doing what I hated. Yeah. Because other people... Told me. When, I did, when I did Philomena, I spotted a story in the newspaper and I thought, well, that would make a really interesting film. And the first time I did something where I ignored the advice, I yeah. just did my own thing. And I thought, well, from now on, I'm going to just do what I think I want to do. And also, if you do what you believe in, and you fail, then you've still got a bit of dignity. If you sell your soul and still fail, <laughs> then you're really fucked. There's
0: a lot. You get lots of money and stuff, though, aren't
2: actually... you? Uh, not if you fail. No. 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 No money or self-respect. I mean, you know, I've got a lot of uh, self-respect. It's for my self-respect is for sale, yes. but it's very, <laughs> very, very high <laughs> price.
0: And did, so, did you feel that putting Jackie Chan in Around the World in Eighty Days was? Uh... Well, a, obviously, a good idea that was at the time.
2: That, well. Obviously, you know, I'd done I'd done uh, Michael Winterbottom films to to please people, but yeah. then I had to satisfy my own <laughs> muse. So I thought working with Jackie Chan um, would really stretch myself and yeah. would be, you know, because uh, I think people have to suffer for their art.
0: Because I read that book and I thought it needs more kind of martial arts and stuff in it. Yeah. That's why. It's all very someone, well going
2: around the world in 80 days, but where's the fighting? He had someone on, he, he had someone on set who peeled grapes for him. <laughs> A woman's job is to peel grapes for him. Because I he thought was it was terrible. And then I tasted them yeah. like, and thought, oh, that's really nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you think the person who peels his grapes goes home and thinks, I've, I have self-respect? <laughs> yeah, I'm Jackie Chan's grape peeler. That's yeah. my role in life.
2: Well, probably not. No,
0: <laughs> it's an interesting, interesting, <laughs> interesting job. to have. Uh, okay. Well, well, we're near at the end because I don't. I'm uh, conscious of you. You know, having to get trains.
2: I am. I've got to go oh, back to go He's
0: going on a train. You could, if you go and stand in the station, you can get him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By you're, you're, which you're, you're, I mean, go aha him or mm. I don't like killing. Mean, yeah. <laughs> I and mean, well, if you rooms. get we'll,
2: if you get the train to Brighton, I'll be getting on it, and uh, you know. I'll, I'll say hello, and then yeah. you'll go and sit in standard, and I'll go and sit in first class. <laughs> <laughs> I like to mix with real people. Yeah. Have you ever bumped Probably into stockbrokers? Have you ever like
0: bumped into Nick Cave at Brighton Station? I
2: bumped into Nick Cave a lot on the train. Yeah, because
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I sat it's next funny. to him in uh, yeah. Brighton
2: Station. It, yeah, it's funny. It's funny you do actually. Bump. Tell you once, I bumped into Chris Eubank uh, on the first class <laughs> oh, compartment, yeah. and he went, to, he forward and went. You're, quite, you're a very funny man, aren't you? Yeah. So, well, some people think so. Yes, I, I, thought you were, I thought you were a comedian because of the way you were eating your sandwich. <laughs> so, well, I wasn't eating it in a funny way. Went, yes, yes, I know. I'm, I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. It's really odd. I bumped, in, I bumped into Tam Dayell the other day. And he... <laughs> no, he just made that up so he could do the impression as Bush... That, that's
2: up. honestly the truth. Like so, who all, all the famous people I've seen on trains to Brighton. Yeah. Uh, Victor Spinetti, no longer with us. Oh, yes. Uh, um, uh, um, oh, um yes. Stover. Um, um, Vera Lynn. saw her. Uh, D- Dora O'Brien. Is it ghost? Is ghost train? <laughs> from, the,
0: from the 1920s. It is. It actually,
2: <laughs> it goes all the way to the pier and then goes like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, anyone else? Chris
0: Eubank is, that is Chris an interesting uh, person because he's sort of he, I'd forgotten about him and then he because mm. he's, he's been he's dis- he was uh, everywhere for a while when he was good at yeah. boxing
2: well he did actually come up to me and say do you think uh, do you think I would be good at acting? and I said within your range <laughs> yeah you know, a, a boxer with a cane and a monocle would be <laughs> definitely <laughs> first in line
0: play himself in the Chris Eubank story he said he could never he was so masculine he could never produce a female child that's what that's what I remember about him so he said he would never have a daughter because he was too he was so masculine he didn't really understand genetics Chris Eubank he was good he was good at boxing and he then did have a he did have a female (laughs) child (laughs) (laughs) that's that's my favorite thing about Chris (laughs) Eubank I was going to ask if you've ever seen a ghost, but we've, uh, we've established that you have on the special Harry Potter train to Brighton. You get the celebrity... <laughs> There's a different train that goes to Brighton. It's just the celebrity one. You have to go walk through the <laughs> platform to get there. Uh, have you ever seen a Bigfoot in real
2: life? Um, no, 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 I haven't. No, I don't believe in, 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 in that.
0: Well, it doesn't matter. You have to believe in it. Thought there be, was an it episode. There. there was
2: an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man yeah. that had Bigfoot in it. Do you That's remember right. that? I do, yeah. I think it was in two parts.
0: I think you're right. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a Six Million Dollar Man?
2: No. In real life? No. Probably. But you probably know, are. bionics. I mean, yeah. are becoming it's becoming real, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so big look at, might be real. Uh, Oscar Pistorius. Pistorius. He's yeah. got the bendy, the false legs.
0: We okay, go now. Let's do the impre- Let's do the impression of Oscar Pistorius. <laughs>
2: Shall I do I, one? I, I couldn't find my boy in the next, my lady. I can do an impression of Oscar boing Pistorius. The in the room. Shall I do Oscar
0: Pistorius? <laughs> this is my Oscar Pistorius. That's him failing to ask her if she's in the bathroom. <laughs> uh,
2: <so> <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you can make comedy out of tragedy. It's, yeah. It's, yeah.
0: How long is that trial going to go? Why don't they understand about the Oscar Pistorius thing? Like they had the trial, they had a pre trial, they had the trial, he had to go away to hospital a bit because he was a bit tired. <sighs> mm. Then they came back and then they said, Right, yeah, we've got the, you're going to have to come back in a month and we'll tell you what the sentence is going to be. And then I thought, Oh, today with a sentence. And then that was all day, more witnesses coming in. How long is it going to go on for? How are they going to eat this out? It's disgraceful. Because, <laughs> Just tell me what's happening to Oscar Pistorius. I agree. Steve Coogan, tell me. <laughs> You know, you are all celebrities together. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're nearly at an end. I might, I'll, I'll let you uh, I'll let you go in a second. Uh, I feel like there was something else I should have talked to you about. Fuck it. Uh, you don't, you're not on Twitter?
2: No, I don't do... Well, I'm a bit scared yeah, because I think I'll say something that... I'll, I'll lose my temper and say something and then... To, you know, apologise. Yeah, it's all right.
0: Don't, don't apologise, that's what I do. I know, uh, but
2: then, that, then, then, what if you say something that was really mean and you actually yeah. want to apologise, but you don't really want say
0: to? Say something it.
2: meaner. But if everyone was like that, we'd live in a horrible world, well, wouldn't well, we? That's what Twitter is at the moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she'll eventually, she'll eventually end up in, you'll eventually end up in prison. I mean, people will see you go, oh... I thought they were a cunt, but they're just terribly sad people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, look, I think we will. Uh, I've, I want to. Cu- want to end on a big question, and i You know, I can't. Can't think of one. It's kind of. Uh, it's a down. It's a downside on uh, being an interviewer when you. If you uh, could, if your penis could travel in time, <laughs> but just your penis through a little hole like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where would you send your penis? Oh. It would still be attached to you.
2: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: No, it's not just going to go off and then your penis is flopping around on the floor somewhere like oh, okay. a fish so, that's just okay. come out of an ocean. Okay. It's going to be attached to you, okay. but then the, from the perspective wherever it is in time, it's just like a floating so, or... But, I, but I can
2: feel the sensations that happen to yeah. the penis. Yeah, so it could okay. go
0: anywhere in time and do anything you
2: want to. Uh, anything I wanted to. Yeah, uh, with the consent of the other person involved. But how, would that, have to, but how would that be arranged? You'd pass a little... <laughs> 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 you'd
0: have to... Put a... Uh, can I write
2: something <laughs> on the page saying, end. can I have sex with you? <laughs> yeah. And then she tapped it <laughs> yeah. twice. It would be a that she, one's... by the way. So I'm not gay. You it wouldn't would know. Be it. gay. It's what?
0: like a time-traveling glory hole. Anything could be on the other side. There could be a dog on the other side of that. Well, no,
2: no. but If I've got choice, then you yeah. know, I'd, um, you know, I'd probably you know, have sex with someone like Bridget Bardot in 1955.
0: Okay. She's still alive, isn't she? I know. So I still so go, go, go back inside. time. No. <laughs> What's wrong with Bridget
2: Bardot now? She's too old.
0: Wow. There's nothing... The, one thing worse than a paedophile is a gerontophile, Steve Cooper. Quite, eh? You have to be... That's quite specific. A few dip people get checking in their dictionaries are going to be laughing. In about five minutes of that...
2: I'm, like, I'm with Tony Curtis. I could never go out with anyone old enough to be my wife. Right. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry.
0: I would criticise you for it but my wife is 13 years younger than I am, so I'm, <coughs> slightly, I'm slightly stuck on... I would go, yeah, that's you going out with young women just because you can. Uh, so... <laughs> oh, no, it's turned nasty at the end, but maybe <laughs> we're getting on OK. It's just the audience hates. us. <laughs> just the audience have turned anger, against anger. us. Anger, anger. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so uh, are you going to bring back Tony Farino? Um,
2: LAUGHTER Oh God! That, do you know my, who might? Do you know? Interestingly enough, um, no, was the answer. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but when I was doing that, my my A and R guy was Simon uh, Simon Cowell. Wow! He was the person who was uh, handling me. Yes. Um, and the person who taught me to actually, the person who taught me to, uh, to, to do the choreography for me was Bruno um, Bruno Thingione. Oh, from, from Strictly, from Strictly yeah. uh, Come Dancing or whatever. And uh, he. Um, he he also taught me to walk like uh, Pauline Calf, Because <laughs> yeah, he said he said to me I Steve, you look you look like he said you look great, you look fantastic, you look like but you walk like a bloke. <laughs> he said, You have to you have to walk like this, you know, and he, he did this sort of female walk up and down wiggling his bum and said, and I practiced it, you know, practiced walking and one foot in front of the other and and, and and one foot literally in front of the other and sort of wiggling. He said, Now I said I want you to walk and all the things that i taught you, I want you to walk up and down, but inside your head I want you to think, I want you to say to yourself I want you to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> that was his, uh, that was his uh, professional advice.
0: <laughs> if, what did you give him? Did, you, did he get any percentage? Of I
2: gave him £50, balling 50 balling. Pounds in did cash. <laughs> <laughs> he went he off, came count, up with he went off invented, counting it.
0: <laughs> invent, he invented Paulie <laughs> ball. Uh Ladies and gentlemen, will you please give a massive round of applause to my guest, Steve Coogan. Hey, thank, thank you very much. Thank you. We'll be back after the interval for more for you, bye-bye.